think American Head Charge really had no business in being as good as they were. They came out nearly fully formed on their first album, Trepanation, released in 1999. It is a really confident industrial metal release that you can imagine ministry fans absolutely loving. And when you factor in that the band was essentially formed in a rehab centre, it makes it even more impressive. But the War of Art was an even bigger step up. Yes, it had 16 tracks. Yes, it goes for over an hour. But most importantly, it was a very, very confident release with meticulous parts, Nine Inch Nails-esque keyboards, interesting samples. They mess with time signatures without it being disorientating. The energy is there and unrelenting and Cameron Heacock wasn't afraid to take risks with his vocals. But I feel like American Head Charge are sort of a Schrodinger's band. When I watch live clips of them from 20 years ago, the band, they, they seem to be being themselves. It's them against the world, but also they seem to be trying really hard to shock, like from firing a shotgun on stage at their first Ozfest to wearing Radioactive Man-esque goggles. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. Black trench coats with the word cock on the back and like smashing their instruments. It gave me the impression that they were simultaneously trying really hard, but also not giving a fuck. This is why they are Schrodinger's band. So we essentially have this band in a box with the lid down. They've got some solid releases. They are great songwriters, but also they have battled drug addictions. One of the members has been arrested with a bunch of stolen guitars, a band member who sadly passed away on a tour bus, lineup changes, distracting gimmicks on stage. Is the thing that makes them a great band, that reckless confidence to launch onto the scene with really solid releases, write aggressive songs and push the boundaries, is that also the thing that stopped them from having a long and storied career? Benji, do you think that American Head Charge, their greatest asset, was also their greatest weakness? I think the problem with American Head Charge is a problem that a lot of releases had in 2001. And that is the fallout of September 11th. And that's, that might sound weird, but you got to take into account that at this stage in time, radio had decided to create like a blacklist of songs, you know, from Foo Fighters Learn to Fly to Rage Against Machines, Killing in the Name of. I mean, there's a huge list that uh, Clear Channel did. And I think that perhaps the world wasn't looking, even the metal community at that point in time, wasn't looking for this massively aggressive very confrontational project i still think that just so you know is one of the best songs that came out in 2001 i still to this day play it i think it's incredibly bittersweet and melancholic i think that's what's fantastic about that song and that band but i think that when it came out, I think that people weren't concentrating too much on music and more concentrating on on life. As deep and philosophical as that sounds, you know, like if you, it's like if I lost my parent, 
I wouldn't be concentrating on, yo, man, did you check out that brand new Block Party album? I'd be like, fuck, I've got other things on my mind, you know? And I don't think it was just uh, American Head Charge that was affected, should I say, by this. Because around the time, like you quite rightly put down in the run sheet, you had Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Yeah, I mean, Nickelback was all right. I felt Nickelback was pretty safe. P.O.D., Slayers, God Hates Us All. Man, I, I remember like a, a ton of other albums that wouldn't get released. They had to change one of the names of Bush's Golden State singles, which was originally called Speed Kills. And then that got changed into The Things We Do to the People That We Love, which is a, a bloody mouthful. Someone's been hanging out with Bono. Oh, But I do think the problem, I mean, it's a fantastic album. Straight off the bat, I I dig this album. I appreciate your intro where you mentioned Ministry because I think Ministry was a once again quite a big influence on the band, and they had everything going for them, didn't they? They had the support of System of a Down, who recommended them to Rick Rubin, which then led to uh, the War of Art being released on American Records, which is American Recording, sorry, which is always a testament to how strong a band could be you know slayer were on there as well system johnny cash jay-z worked with rick rubin so i I honestly think that the time and the place it was just unfortunate and i think that's what cost american head charge I, i don't think it was their bombastic attitude i think people loved it i think people were trying to push more and more into what extreme shit can we do to the point that you had society one basically hanging a guy up by meat hooks in a live set. So in answer to your question, I don't think it's as easy as were they too crazy for the masses or not. I think that the timing was incredibly unfortunate. Would you not agree? Yeah, I agree to a point, but I think when you look at like the business decisions they made, they weren't very good. And that's because in their contract, they had artist has absolute final say on all creative output. So what you get is that really pretty shit album cover that's not going to cut through. You've got that horrible Paint Shop Pro 5 embossed American head charge. You've got the American flag kind of blurred with an army tank. And I'm going to guess most people who look at the cover don't realize that is what it is. And there's a baby at the front. And also it looks like it's wrapped in cling wrap. It's like no one's going to pick this out by chance. The Just So You Know film clip lacked a bit of imagination. And it's like if you just had some better people around you to guide you a bit better then maybe you would have been able to navigate the system a little bit. Just someone on the edges of the band saying like, hey, maybe we do this. But I think also the headstrong nature of the band means it's like, fuck you, it's our album, it's our band, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. And that's when you get this sort of like a a confident album that had no right to be as good as it was from these relatively unknown dudes. But do you think that confidence re-stemmed from the fact that they had quite a number of, at the time, diligence who were popular within the scene, like System of a Down, like Rick Rubin, supporting them? Do you think the confidence was fostered from that? Or do you think that the confidence was fostered from just a sheer, God, I hate to say this, artistic vision that the band thought, this is what we're going to do, we're going to go for it, and and, and no one's going to tell us otherwise? Which led to one of their music videos being banned. It's quite interesting to point out as well. Which one? All wrapped up. Why was it banned? Uh, because it's on YouTube, but it's pretty much about a guy that abducts a uh, a young woman, 
and then it alludes to the fact that he just basically tortures and kills her. I was interested in it because Michael Rooker plays the the villain in the piece, and Michael Rooker, for modern audiences or modern listeners, will probably know him uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. But for me, I remember him from uh, More Rats, Eating the Stink Palm Pretzel, but more importantly, and perhaps the reason why they chose him for the music video, um, he played Henry in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which perhaps was a big influence on American Head Charge when it first came out, because it's quite a transgressive piece of grindhouse. People are going to say it's just shit, but I, I think it was a transgressive piece of art house cinema. They come across a little bit like art students, but too afraid to put their hands up and admit that they're art students. That's the vibe I usually got from American Head Charge. That's not the vibe I get at all. And no, you don't get that at all. No, what I get is, and you would know this being, like, if you grew up in a regional town, just these fucking dudes who did shit for their own interest out of boredom or whatever, and they just happen to write really fucking good songs. And when you look back and you go, what happened to those guys? It's like, oh, yeah, they're too introverted to play, or they just wanted such a perfect sound, or now they just hang out in their parents' like basement or whatever it might be. I just get the feeling it's just like a pretty insular group of of dudes who didn't care about the industry but found themselves in a spot where the, if they had have cared about the industry, they might have been able to jump to that next level. But, you know, they were a successful band. They've still got a pretty big fan base that still care and rate this album. But, yeah, I, I never got that sort of pompous thing. Like, I did, no, 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 no. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I didn't really mean that it was pompous. I really mean that when I was at college, there were just, you know, the media students and stuff like that, GCSE students that hang around. But, like, the art students had their own flaw in in the college, and they always seemed very kind of close-knit around themselves, you know? It was kind of like, you know, if you want to dumb it down completely, it was like the goth kids in South Park, you know? Like, they're there. We know that they're part of the curriculum, but they're doing their own kind of thing. So I don't think it was a pompous attitude. It was more, yeah, you know, a little bit from what you said, that they were there and there was fuck all else to do, so they wanted to create this, and maybe they stumbled into something incredibly heavy, especially with Trepanation, which was more industrial. My take on it is that they were the people that the arts people pretended to be. It's like, yes, I'm this bohemian and I don't give a fuck and <laughs> I live this drug-fueled crazy life. It's like, oh, no, no, these guys actually do yeah. and it ends them in, like, fucking rehab facilities and they may not have the financial safety net that these art students' parents may have. This is kind of the image that I was projecting in my own mind. But we've had a listener reach out to us, Josh from Richmond, Virginia. Hey, Richmond, Virginia. Nice one. Get this. He's a drummer. Oh. He's a wrestling fan. Oh. And he grew up listening to new metal. And in his email to us, he referenced having an upside down snare. So I think he's an OG BDT, hashtag 35K. I, I think he, he needs to tattoo, doesn't he? We need to send him one of those Bazooka Joe rub-on tattoos. <laughs> definitely, definitely earned that one. Is he basically a composite of me and you, but probably better looking and more educated? Well, he's definitely easier to understand than us. But yeah, I'm, I am pissed that he waited like 60 plus episodes to get in touch. But American Head Charge, it brought him out of the woodwork. Let's have a listen to what Josh has to say. American Head Charge is the war of art. I believe this album needs more recognition and deserves to be held in a higher regard than perhaps it is. When I was 15, this was one of my favorite albums. It ranked up there with Slipknot's Iowa, 
System of a Down's Toxicity as some of the best new metal that there was. The industrial elements, the metal elements, the general rock elements just fit so well together like very few other bands who tried to do that style could. As a 15-year-old, I was obsessed with this band. I wore their t-shirt in a school photo. I did a review of this album for the school newspaper. I tried to memorize everything I could about this band. I, When I say I was obsessed, I was really obsessed. I downloaded their entire... Uh, previous album trepanation track by track over the course of a week on casa or limewire uh, one of those oh, downloading school. things that probably gave my com- my family computer a virus or five <laughs> but this album really just blew my little high school head wide open and may have been one of the last new metal bands that i really became that obsessed with before my Tastes started to change, and you start kind of looking back at new metal as not being that cool because you're just trying desperately to be cool with your friends. But going back and re-listening to this album, I can't deny that this song, th- this album, has some heaters on it. So I'm really interested to hear what you guys think because this is one of my favorite albums of the era. Oh my God, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. I think for the benefit of myself and the listeners, let's just sit back and just take in that rich, rich accent. Rich. I'm in love. Anyway, as you were saying, Reese. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Josh. Reach out anytime with that beautiful voice, those those. Oh, please, tones. Josh. Read the dictionary to me, Josh. I'd be happy. This band, the more I learned, the more I sort of didn't care. And this album is so fucking good yeah. and so interesting that it operates best in a vacuum. I don't want to know where they are, the members are now. I don't want to hear them fighting on Facebook anymore. I don't care where they met, how they formed, what their early shows were like. I don't care about press photos. I just want to listen and that's it. Like I only want to hear the album. It just is way better for me. I don't want to hear what they did before or after. I just want to listen to this album and, and block my ears for everything else. So in an ideal world, this would have been released by an algorithm rather than real people, and it would exist within the vacuum of itself. If this is what the metaverse can produce, then fucking hook it to my veins. This is probably what Twitter will end up doing now things have happened. Well, actually, this is probably the most Big Rigs Reese album we've talked about, in that they've done so many things that I've championed over so many episodes of this soon-to-be award-winning podcast. You've got yeah. the noise, right? The noisy intro, some weird glitching robotic sounds into just full band going at it. Not noise into like a riff, not noise with an opening track called opening or intro, you know, or intro bro or anything like that. It is just noise and then it just fucking comes at you. The mix sounds fucking great. The drums sound full. They're interesting, but they're not busy. They're not too showy. 
The vocals have that soaring chorus. They're fucking aggressive. They've got everything, but they also have just insane song names like American evolving, evolving into useless psychic, psychic garbage. garbage. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that is incredible. Other bands are like, you know, me, my, I alone. CBC, <laughs> weather. American evolving into useless psychic garbage. That has to be from the artist has final artistic say, you know, in their contract. It's everything I kind of want. And it's a rarity in the music world because you've, you've got a singer who loves fucking Mike Patton and doesn't rip him off exactly. Like you can, you can definitely hear that influence in Shut Down. Like, that's pretty Mike Patton-y, and all wrapped up is also Faith No More-y. But it's not as blatant as other Mike Patton fans that are now singers in bands. Do you think that Martin Cock was intentionally going for a Mike Patton sound, or do you think it just happened? I imagine it was his influences, but I just don't think he had the skills to back it up. You know, he's like, imagine if I was Mike Patton and I could sing this, but I can't, so I'll, I'll hit it in this sort of It's really register. weird because the clips that you've picked then, I, you could have told me that, oh, this is some like post-real thing, Faith No More, and I would have believed you. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but like it's taken sort of out of context because the, the parts before and after that aren't. It's sort of a natural flow into those choruses and then the brutal screaming vocals that follow it. It's like, oh, no, this isn't Mike Patton. He doesn't do this sort of shit. Anyway, that, again, that's just me in a vacuum. And when I poke my head outside, you know, the, the black hole that I should be listening to American Head Charge in, I'm like, oh, actually, they're a bit more derivative than I want to give them credit for. But I just like to think they formed in sort of this, like, crusty studio, never having heard music before, never, in, like, barely learning English and just picking up an instrument, and that's what they recorded. This is what, And then they just disappeared. That's how I want to remember these guys. Do you think that the band was lightning in a bottle or do you think that the album was the lightning in a bottle? I think this album was lightning in a bottle. Okay, so not the band. Do you think the band had a longevity to them and that this wasn't just the apex of their work? This was the only album, Reese, I recall, that got released on American recordings. Well, I don't know, because there was a death in the band and sadly they were found on the tour bus and I imagine that... Yeah. I mean, that was Brian Ottoson, and that was in 2005. 27 years of age as well, man. Another one for the 27 Club. And I know we're talking about a lot of the band members were on drugs and, and everything like that. And yes, Brian Ottoson did die of a drug overdose, but it was an accidental prescription pill overdose. I thought it was some heart-related issue, but I could be Yeah. Well, he had, he had a severe case of strep throat, so the Peridium of Knowledge, Wikipedia says, and they gave him penicillin. And speaking as someone who's allergic to penicillin, that can fuck you up. Oh, true. Yeah, 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 man. Like, I take penicillin and I end up getting, um, I end up asphyxiating. My throat closes up. Yeah, but you get that mean death metal vocals happening, though, so it's kind of worth it, yeah? Oh, yeah, you know, like, you couldn't tell me apart from Bert and C. Bell at times, you know, because I'm short of breath as well, so my words aren't coming out, so it comes out, Move! Air! Dirt! Phone! Police! Ambulance! You're not trying to bring down the technocratic society. Yes, you're, you're calling for the EpiPen. Here's my big call for this band, though. Besides, I want to listen to it in a black hole. 
and I imagine that's what Stephen Hawking's doing right now. May he rest in peace. I think that American Head Charge used samples and keys fucking way better than Slipknot. No, I, I can I can get behind that because one's a new metal band that has elements of industrial, and the other band was an industrial band that ended up incorporating elements of new metal. Well, I don't care what anyone says. For me, American Head Charge started as an industrial band, and they will finish as an industrial band. They got involved in the new metal aspect a little bit more because it was it was the popular kind of sound at the time. And going back to what you said about it being kind of like in a vacuum, perhaps the reason why this album shouldn't exist in a vacuum is because it wasn't wholly different to their previous works. It wasn't wholly different from their later works, but it was definitely self-contained. And like we've said before on this show, it's perhaps an album that belonged in a time and place. And that certainly was the time and place horrific things occurring you know to decide no i think it transcends the time and place <laughs> i think i can't believe i'm saying this sense i think american head charge is timeless <laughs> and and unlike next week's album Drycologic, logic the darker side of nonsense that was a time and place sort of thing that you it, it hurts to go back and listen to spoiler alert but american head charge i can listen to this album and when i just ignore the outside noise around it not to say that's how it should exist, but that's how it should. That's how I should consume it. It's just on a on a Sunday run, or while I'm cleaning the stubborn coffee stains out of a mug or something. I should have American Head Charge, and I should never think about them other than right. truly their song. Okay, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. So you're saying that it's a timeless record, but it should only be that record that's timeless. It's the only one I can be fucked going into because I'm also I don't want to go to the next one and be like, oh, it sucks. Be honest with the listeners, then, man. Talking about oh, it should exist in just a vacuum by itself. <laughs> if you couldn't be fucked listening to the other releases, just straight up go. I couldn't be fucked listening to the other releases. You know, do you think I wanted to listen to Cold Back Catalog? A spoonful of medicine, man. It just some it you know it might not taste good, but it's I better don't care for you. If That's it's cold. fucking brimful of asher, mate. It ain't. Hap- I had to do that. You <laughs> okay, know? man. You fucking agree know. to disagree. Agree no, to no, disagree. Because no. you know I put in the work and I watched. The three-part <laughs> American Head Charge documentary where the third part was them recording the album The Feeding and it was just them sitting in this like doona blanket-soaked room with no lights sort of going, oh, was that it? Was that it? Did we get it? What about this? And then nothing really happens. 53 minutes I sat through. Part three. You know, I could have been donating money to charity. I could have been rescuing cats out of trees. I could have been helping, like, elderly people across the road. I'm like, sorry, can't help you, society. I'm watching part three of American Head Charge. It's called, like, Can't Stop the Machine or something, or this fucking crazy machine or something like that. It wasn't a crazy machine. It was just dudes sitting in a basement. And I sat through every fucking minute, and I was like, I don't want to listen to the feeding. I'm not enjoying this. I want to go back to my safety net of the war of art. Look. People can say I, I speak a lot of shit <laughs> and I still claim I, I had any wish. And it was like, you could wish for world peace. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to hear what Craig is doing on the Slipknot albums. Oh, that's all I want to hear. What's he doing oh at the shows? God. Just tell me and then I'll leave this mortal coil. Yeah, this is heated. This is probably the most heated episode. I've done the work. Of Bacho Decha. Yeah, no one's, no one's saying that you haven't done the work, Reese. It's like a really beautiful girl. You go on a first date and then the second date, you're like, oh, I'm not enjoying learning more about you. I wish I could go back to the feeling on the first date where it was sort of like this whole 
flight of fancy and whoa, what could be this whole world of possibilities? That's what I want to stay in with this album consciously. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you romantic. So basically, the way you want to quantify this before we go into a bit of an advert break is that the war of art for you is taking a girl out who you've just met for that first date, getting to know them, and everything that subsequently followed was just, I'm bored of this chick now. You're a real no, fucking heartbreaker, no, no. Riggs. Do you know that? You're a real heartbreaker, Okay, let's, let's reverse it. Let's say it's, it's, a, it's a girl going on a date with me, and they're like, wow, this guy, fuck, what a cool guy. And then, like, 14 minutes into the conversation, I'm like, oh, I've got Invisalign, so I have to brush my teeth after every single meal. I have to wear a mouth guard at night, and oh, yeah, we have to put the air purifier on because my eyes get itchy at night. It's like, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. You were so much cooler 13 minutes ago. I want to stay in that first minute with American Head Charge. That's what I want. Well, it kind of helps that you could just close your eyes and remember the album still has got, you know, just so you know, which would be like a, which would be the fall back to like, I remember when we had this interesting conversation. I was like, oh, she's so alluring. She, oh, you know, <laughs> and all it was was something beautiful. Man, I was doing a run for charity because I'm a really nice guy. Now, some people might say that I snuck in, I didn't buy a ticket. Look, I'm not going to say what either way. fuck, Chris? Yeah, I told you it was cooler. Give me a fucking... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You decided just to voluntarily run in a charity race but not pay a sign-up fee. How much was it? Like 74 bucks. And that money would go towards the charity in question? Yeah. All right, so what did you what what did you dedicate to the cause? Or was it just ah oh, fancy a run? Fancy to run? Because it was 17 it was 16k and you can't, they can't fence the whole thing. So I just and and there's thousands of people, so they don't check if you bought a bib or anything. You just just line up. That's a really fun, guys. It's a fun thing to do. I tell you what. Also, the way I justify it is if you're injured and you're like I shouldn't do the run, but I paid my money, I'll go do it. Then you get more injured. But if I get injured the night before, I'm going to be like, well, I don't want to run. I don't need to. I mean, I was injured and I still ran. But anyway. I like the logic. But I was feeling a bit sore on that run and I needed a bit of a push and I listened to Il Nino and then Just So You Know came on and I was like, fuck me. And this was like a bittersweet symphony moment. I was just like sort of like running through just hip and shouldering people, just pushing everyone out of the way, just screaming it. And I was like, what is it about this fucking song that rules so much? And I was like, it's in an odd time signature, but it's not stuck up its own ass about it. Now, to sort of counteract that, I've made a six-minute rant about why this song rules, where I crawl so far up my own ass that I can no longer, you know, see daylight. Let's have a listen to why Just So You Know fucking rules. All right, Death Trippers, hashtag 35K forever. We are going to sit down together and we're going to discuss... Well, no, I'm going to talk at you about why... American Head Charges, just so you know, is a fucking goddamn banger and perhaps the greatest forgotten gem of the time that we're talking about, the early 2000s. Time signatures are fucking boring to talk about. But I'm going to do it anyway. This verse is in 13.8. Now, American Head Charge don't make a big deal about this. They've done a fantastic job of making something complicated seem easy and accessible. 
And I know when you're talking about timing signatures, people have different opinions on it. But have a listen to Brian Christopher Mendez when he's talking about 13-8 time signature. Give an example for you guys of how I explained to him how to play a groove in 13. So basically it's going to be like this, count it off, and it's going to be... One, two, three, four. Motherfucker, ain't nobody playing grooves in 13. You can't get paid playing grooves in 13. Ain't nobody gonna shake their booty. That's why you fucking broke. Play 4-4, four, four, motherfucker. And that's how you play a groove in 13. And I wholeheartedly agree with Brian there. Keep it simple. 4-4 four, four is fine. 6-8 is powerful. We learned that on the Will Haven episode. It's got a bop and a sway to it. And you don't want to be one of those bands that is just like linked to weird time signatures. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of fucking boring ass people with 46 and 2 tattooed across their knuckles with their Fibonacci jizz rag draped across their shoulders, boasting that they can count. For example, let's have a listen to Frank Zappa's 13. Now this little, this little number is in 13. It's subdivided 5, 8, and 4, 4 if you want to clap your hands. One two one two three one two three four one two one two three one two three four one two one two three one two three four one two one two three one two three four. Ah, fucking end me! How far up your own ass do you have to be when everyone's just like, "Wow, we can count." Yeah, cool. All right, it's a bit tricky. Does it make it a better song? No. Does it make it a better song in American Head Charges case? Maybe. But what is impressive is that they don't bring attention to it and that the crowd is able to follow along. There is a show from their 2014 show in Nottingham on their YouTube channel where you can see the crowd can follow along. They can predict when the chorus is going to come in and they all can move together. Fucking genius. So yeah, the verse is basically 7, 8 and 6, 8. 7 plus 6, 13. Who gives a fuck? Not American Head Charge. They just use it to make their song a little bit more interesting. And that's it. You don't need the audience counting along with you. But then they make the choice for the chorus to be in a steady 6, 8 time. That allows for a bit of bop and a bit of sway in it. And along with those powerful guitars goes this amazing keyboard thing that just runs up higher and higher and gives some melody underneath the chaos. You hear that? The keys just add a bit of weight to it, a bit of direction. Yeah, it, it's just incredible. And lyrics aside, the vocals of Martin Cock on this track are incredible. Really harsh, guttural screaming. He goes high. There's some great melody work. Have a listen here. And then they do something really, really great, which is they let the music just hang there for a second. And then it kicks back in. You can hear it's coming. You even hear the first refrain of the chorus. When it actually lands, oh, it just elates you. It, it, it's so fucking good. And I think what really pushes this track to the next level, and it's not just the big soaring vocals in the chorus. It's not the interesting song arrangement. 
It's something I've been calling out for in a bunch of these metal bands. They're always saying, oh, we're raw, we're, we are gritty. But fucking rarely do they use any feedback or any sort of noise in the background. It's all so clean and clear and there's distortion on the guitar track. But otherwise, it's near pristine. Some shitty snare sounds for sure. But just add some fucking live wire, volatile, liability, noise in the background to give the track a bit of extra life. And that's something that the programmers, the keys players, the sequencers, whatever the fuck they're doing in American Head Charge, do so well. Oh, and if that hasn't convinced you, just letting you know that Clown number 6 from Slipknot has done a remix of Just So You Know. It's had 2,281 views on the Headbanger Medic YouTube channel, and it's as pompous as you would imagine. Way to ruin a fucking great song, Clown. I was kind of worried, man, because the first part of that six-minute rant made me feel like that girl, like, and I was on the on the cusp of you talking about your uh, Invisi-tooth, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> but uh, I I think it's, a, it's an incredible album, and I think that it was affected by just the circumstances around that time when when it came out. So yeah, evidently I, I get the impression that American Head Charge didn't, I mean, I mean I, maybe it did affect them, but I don't think they were quite as jingoistic no. as perhaps other bands at that time were. And perhaps that was the catharsis that people wanted at the time. They didn't want to hear this fucking incredible album. They wanted to hear things that made them feel good. And with all respect to American Head Charge, that album can be quite punishing in terms yeah. of like emotions and anger so why didn't they blow up as big as they did maybe they got a bit cynical about how the industry worked but like if i poured my heart and soul into something and it got neglected because of a bigger event you just think fuck it why bother trying i'd hope that's not the case with them though well i sincerely hope that as well i mean i would love if the troops got behind america evolving into useless psychic garbage but i don't know if it's going to if that's the flagpole they can rally around. But the guy who was working with them, Brad Gunnison, I'm pretty sure was his name, he left the band sort of just before they did the Just So You Know film clip because yeah. of alleged, blanket alleged over everything I've ever said and will say in perpetuity, alleged drug abuse. So it's like, oh, you're at this point where you can really strike while the iron's hot, but you went to LA and you guys got too fucked up allegedly um, and you were, were unable to sort of take advantage of those opportunities or walk through those doors that were starting to open for you. So, you know, yeah. I imagine it's, it's a bit of that as well. But, you know, man, people get older. And I've actually reached out to a sponsor today. So I've chased them down. So, yeah, obligatory 35K. Who gives a fuck? But it's actually people who need it because it's... it's, it's stopped for- fucking caring. I've stopped caring about that 35 now. That's your money and not mine. You do what you need to do with it. But anyway... So as you get older, like... Yes, you need the air purifier on and yes, you need to brush your teeth eight times a day and yes, you know, your back hurts for no fucking reason. Whatever, it's boring. But there's nothing more boring than sort of an over-the-hill musician trying to sort of stay relevant or maybe maybe getting on Twitter. And Oh, this just comes to mind. Stained are going back on tour as well. So I don't know why I'm connecting these things. But 
there's a company that are sort of helping out boomer musicians with with shit takes and how to get online and stuff. So anyway, they needed the money. We needed the sponsor. So let's have a listen. Hey, life's tough. We at Bite Your Death Trip know that. One day you're rocking on stage and the next you're trying to figure out if storming the Capitol was a good idea or not. One day you're on the stage shirtless with a mohawk telling people to question authority and then you blink and then you're shirtless on stage wearing a mohawk telling people what they can and can't do with their phones. You can now take out your stupid cell phones and film the last song even though it's going to look like shit because it's a fucking cell phone, not an actual fucking professional camera. But whose fault is it that you're feeling baffled and confused by the world? It can't be yours. It's not your fault that you started a band and were signed to a record label when there was still money to be made in the industry, before housing and inflation had gone through the fucking roof. That's not your fault. And should you shut the fuck up and listen as people talk about real climate change affecting and impacting their lives, questioning their future? Fuck no. You tell them that they're on their phone too much. You tell them that they're too frivolous with their cash and no one knows how to save anymore as you try and sell them $110 hoodies, re-releases of an album you did in 1993 and tickets to your reunion tour that you don't want to do either. So if you find yourself as a grumpy old curmudgeon who used to know what was going on, who used to rally against the older generation for voting in people like Reagan against their best interests and now as you vote Republican against your best interests, If you're finding yourself in that position, you need the Butch Your Death Trip kit for grumpy old boomer fucks. We've got a bunch of shitty old memes in low resolution that make zero sense, but make you feel like you're right. We've got pre-written Twitter takes that say shit like, hey, partisan politics are bad. Why can't we all just get along? I listen to Joe Rogan and Neil Young. Can't we all just get along? We've got scripts for you to follow on stage with things like, hey, maybe we should hear Putin out. And what about adrenochrome? That shit's cool, right? And if people don't get it, just say something like, geez, I guess you can't say anything anymore. As you kiss that New York dollar goodbye and are relegated to touring around the Midwest Bible Belt for the rest of your shitty career. We at Bacho Death Trip welcome you to the grumpy old boomer club for fucking dog rat idiots. You've slowly become what you rallied against when you were younger. You have now fully formed into someone that you would have hated when you were young and we welcome you. So if you find progress scary and language just keeps changing and there's so much fucking sound and lights and movement and fucking kids on their screens and you keep forgetting your passwords. How do I scan this QR code? Just join the Grumpy Old Boomer Club by Butcho Death Trip. And if that hasn't convinced you, Check out this song we've made for you. It's obnoxious. When you were young, you were so hip and cool. You spent the majority of your time up on stage, breaking all the rules. And then you got a little bit older and you slowed down just a little bit. And the world, it got just a little bit quicker and you couldn't quite handle it but did you shut up did you hand the torch over did you listen 
Did you learn any lessons? Did you shut up? Or did you just keep talking insane amounts of shit? Well, welcome to the Boomer Club. We post a heap of shitty memes and talk about shit we don't know anything about. Like geopolitical issues, storm the capital and Putin's intentions. Welcome to the Boomer Club. We are fucking burnt out musicians. We used to know what was going on. Actually, no, no, we didn't even know what was going on. So why the fuck are you listening to us? So follow us on Spotify, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter and Facebook. But don't use your phone at the concert. Because you goddamn kids are on your stupid fucking phones too much. And while you're at it, stay off my lawn. I just had that thing fucking beautifully man manicured. Yeah, fucking kids these days. I used to have to walk in the snow just to buy a Black Sabbath record and music meant more when I was young. And you kids have just got all these fucking screens and YouTube subscriptions and it's all too, too much for me. Just buy my music. Thank you to 100 Gex for supplying I was going <laughs> to... Fuck, I was, you beat me to it then. I was going to say, apart from 100 Gex, like... Man, you've been real deep diving into a hundred Gex and David Raymond's Twitter account this week, haven't you? That man has slighted you, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone who identifies with what they want to be identified as, because we are in the twenty first century and everyone should be able to do what they want to do within reasons. Reese will always, always message me with the latest David Draymond tweet. <laughs> And it's not so much that if you go on a, you know, the Bad Show Death Trip Instagram account, you'll see him <laughs> posting stories about it there. I have to live through it twice. twice. Once when Reese has hit me up going, oh yeah, look at this cunt. And then the other, <laughs> the other time it's like when everyone else sees he's he has hurt you, hasn't he? Uh, no, I just like, he tweets a lot. Like he tweets a lot and he might get like a few likes and then he'll tweet something like, Jeez, it feels weird being back on Twitter after all these years. I guess I'm popular on here now. It's like, you got 15 likes. Like, it, it, there's so many people on Twitter. But I, I mostly just love the memes he posts, which is just like, you know, <laughs> just a picture of his face, like the face when you're stoned on marijuana. It's like, who? what the fuck are you doing? Uh, is, he yeah, investing in, is, he, is he investing into cannabis stocks now? Oh, he's all about legalized weed. And it's, it's kind of these things where it's like, on paper, like, you agree with, but he's making it so uncool. It's like, nah, fucking, let's criminalize it again. You know my thoughts about it, eh? Like, you know, I like, I like, I used to, well, I still do, have a smoke every now and again like the best of people. And then when you sent me that, when you sent me that story on Instagram, that, and, and it's there for everyone to see, what was my immediate reaction? What did I say back to you? immediately fuck i can't remember off the top of my head it, i believe it was i used to think smoking was cool but now i'm not so sure <laughs> the funny thing is that anyone who's like i drink and i smoke it's like you inhale a smoke and you drink a liquid like babies can do it it's not that cool you know <laughs> babies babies shouldn't do it <laughs> but do a kickflip do a kickflip <laughs> Do some parkour. Take up capoeira. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang out with Max Cavallera. He will get the birimbau out and then, yeah. If you said, I've rolled a joint and someone else like, I can do capoeira. I'm hanging out with the capoeira guy or the fire twirler. 
because there's some actual skill in that. It's like, yeah, you, you light the thing on fire and you inhale. I think cave people were doing it. You draw the line on Diablo though, right? Yoho Diablos need to operate within a vacuum, I think. And if you don't... Oh, man. So I've got a game. Of course I do. But So American Head Charge... Yeah. You know, they were doing some crazy shit on the stage and the guitarist Dave Rogers, when they finished, or they were playing their last show on this tour in New Jersey of that Pledge of Allegiance tour, he played the whole concert naked and he got arrested. And I thought, geez, a lot of fucking dudes love just getting naked on stage. They do. And I thought of a great game. Oh, God. Benji, I'm going to show you the zoomed in image of a topless musician, a musician that's often playing shirtless for fucking God knows why. And I want you to tell me who you think that musician is. All right, I'll try. I'll try. This might be difficult for me. What a great visual game for the listeners at home. Benji, who's this? Okay, so we've got we've got a bass guitar. Uh, he's not naked uh, because I can see a waistband down there as well. Really nice strategically placed tattoos as well. Not too much. They've definitely taken a lot of care into where they want the placement to be. Very well toned, but hints of grey in that chest hair. Reese, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, am I looking at the shirtless body of Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, man. He looks good for his age as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was actually harder to find a picture of him with his shirt on. Next one. (laughs) He's just going to show... Oh, this is... Ah, right. Yeah. Looked like the guy was toned back in the day. He's still pretty good, pretty toned. And if it is who I think it is for his age, very, very, you know, defined. Some real nice tattoos there. A couple of them look like a bit of a desperate kind of hardcore stick and poke kind of vibe when it was growing up. I am going to go out on a limb here, Reese, and say, am I looking at the finely, finely chiseled body of one Henry Rollins? Yeah, yeah! Yeah, you are. Yeah, I love Henry. Oh, crikey. Right. There's a snail trail there. <laughs> And the trousers are hanging low and the boxes are there. It's it's nearly obscene, everybody. <laughs> no tattoos, though. Could be interesting. Tattoos. So I don't think it's Brandon Boyd because it's... Although it could be, like, modern Brandon Boyd, but I'm sure he's got some tattoos now. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Reese, and say, is it a more recent picture of Brandon Boyd? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does yes, have tattoos, but just on tattoo. his arm. Yeah, 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 man. But it's it's the way that he's got that. Uh, I don't know what the official word for it is, but he's got how the around the hips the skin comes in, so you can actually see his his, his pelvic bone. I think the medical term is cum gutters. Cum gutters. You might have to tell me about that off it. But he's got a lovely set of cum gutters. Is that the, if I use that right? Okay. Yeah. I love that song from Lion King. Here we go. Fucking beautiful Mando Brandon Boyd. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Well, something's got to carry those dog shit albums later in the band's career. Next one. Here we go. Ah, <laughs> uh, please tell me that's Dave Navarro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a nipple piercing. 
How recent was that? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> just Google Dave Navarro. Oh, okay, you just don't care. Just listening to 100 Gex. You mock 100 Gex. They're fucking opening for Nine Inch Nails in Philadelphia. That's not as true. Part of the tour. It is true. Uh, is Trent Reznor trying to crack that Minecraft market, is he? Maybe. I'm not too sure. But I know that Eve's Tumor is opening for the rest of the show. No Halsey. I, anyway. Uh, actually, Dave Navarro. They're a good opening band because it's just two people and a computer. Like, it, there's... You can have your whole stage set up and just give them a corner. It's actually probably a genius move. All right, two more. Here we go. All right. Who's that? Oh, my God. Is that a seven-string guitar? Ah, no way. Right, I'm I'm probably going to get this wrong. Looking at the PVA glue that this person has spilt all across their chest and left it to peel off. Is it the guitarist from Mudvayne? Oh! I'm sorry! Oh. You're gonna kick yourself, man. Bass player from him, isn't it? Oh! Wes Borland! Yeah, it was Wes Borland. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, that's it's a real a shame. String, a seven-string Ebenez as well. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, look. No, you know, on, on average, like, I've... I've I've gotten more. I, I get yeah. one more, and I've gotten four out of five, which is which is good no, innings. You, looking at you get five out of six. Naked men. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a winner anyway because I'm getting to see like bare male torsos this morning. So like, you know, fuck the point system. I'm getting eye candy. Thanks, Reese. Anyway, you're next. And yeah, I'll put my shirt back on when we finish this game as well. Last one. I hadn't I hadn't noticed, man. I thought you were wearing a pillowcase. Anyway, um, oh my god, right. He's got flowers covering his nipples. And he's got that real dense kind of look. And I'm just going on the posturing here. But, okay, by any chance, is this Maynard James Keenan from Tool? Yeah! Oh, it's the arch, man. How does he arch himself back that far? I don't know. But, yeah, that's, um, that's a man who hates mobile phones. Can't I just put flowers on my nipples without you kids taking photos and putting it on Instagram? I'm fucking sick of you kids. Meanwhile, I when I was running through like the city once, there was all these posters like, Tool and now on Spotify. It's like, well, I, yeah. they not want to let me use my phone. How am I meant to listen to it, guys? <laughs> well, you mean I have to carry around my desktop computer all the time <laughs> with me now to listen to Tool? You got five out of six. Well done, man. That's honestly quite impressive. And if anyone goes to my search history from the last few days, you've got 100 Gex, David Draymond, <laughs> and shirtless musicians. Hey, look, just finally going back to summarize American Head Charge. Um, you liked this album, but you prefer that it was an album that was just in a vacuum by itself. Nothing else happened before or afterwards. Is that correct? It's like <laughs> it's like how I imagine you have to, when you're... <laughs> I'm, this is coming from the straight top of my dome, Bomb Funk MC style. Okay, I imagine okay. it's like when you're dating an adult movie star and you're like, look, I know you've had a lot of partners before, a lot of better partners. I understand there's a whole world outside of our relationship. I understand you're going to work and, and rooting and tooting a lot of other people and you're getting paid for that and it may be better than me. But when we're at our house together and the outside world disappears, we're going to put on Just So You Know and we're just going to hold hands and look in each other's eyes. And whatever happens, I don't need to hear about it. We need to make this moment work for us. We live for these moments. That is what I would equate. So just get, getting tantric, basically, mate. 
Yeah, get tantric. I want to get tantric. That famous disturbed song. Getting getting tantric with American head charge and getting tantric on American involving into useless psychic garbage. American. And that's that's what that's what Reese would like everybody to do post episode. Did you like this album? Will you ever listen to it again? Yeah, I listened to it quite a lot. I I absolutely fucking loved the music video to Just So You Know. I love the cinematography in it. The only thing that puts me off that video is there's a fucking clown in it. But other than that, it's a pretty good music video. Yeah, true. Reckon Sean Crane will ever come after us? It's a great question. You can't because I've done a blanket alleged and that's, you know, it's basically germlock for lawyers. But he would have to prove that he isn't those things. But also, given the movements of Slipknot with NFTs, it appears to me, in my personal opinion, that you cannot sue for um, and I hope to not sway anyone else to agree with this, the band are pretty into making some cold hard cash any means, anyhow. So if, if suing some poor podcasters in Australia, uh, yeah, potentially, but you can't come after what you can't catch, and I've always said that. Uh, do you live in fear of the clown <laughs> coming after you? I don't like clowns for a start. They scare me because of Pennywise, which is fair. The punk band scared me. And then the Pennywise to Clown. Wait till you hear Guttermouth, man. Well. Oh, I like Guttermouth. Mr. Polio. Fuck, <laughs> just <laughs> And on that note, what are we talking about next week, Reese? Hear this for sizzle, everybody. We're talking about Dryco Logic, the darker side of nonsense. And I will play to you, Benji. One of the worst goddamn fucking songs you've ever heard in your life. I promise you have. Like, it'll be top five shittest songs you've ever heard. And all of the listeners. Is it Good Night? No, I quite like Good Night, to be fair. I quite like Good Night as well, thank <laughs> God for that, okay. Well, I'm off to take a cold shower now after all of those uh, semi-naked male bodies. And Benji, as we say at the end of every episode, remember to ask your listening device to play David Draymond tweets.